Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to worship at the altar of music and comedy. The giddiness and the harmony of a well-crafted comedy song brings great joy in abundance. Join the tinkling talents of David Thames and me, Phil Nichol. Sit back, turn it up, and enjoy Songs in the Key of Laugh. Yeah, Songs in the Key of Laugh. Well, here we are. I'm Phil Nichol. And I'm David Timms. And this is our very first podcast. The first podcast we've done together, anyway. It is, absolutely, yes. Yeah, and I mean... This podcast is, I think it's going to be spectacularly fun. Um, if you like musical comedy, if you like musical comedians, if you like comedy songs, you're in the right place. Now, my background is I was in a comedy, musical comedy trio for many, many years that traveled all over the world, a group called Court Pigs. Pigs. Um, but I never really considered myself a, a, a musician. I always thought I was just a comedian that got away with it. And David uh, Timms. Uh, yeah, David Timms, that's me. Uh, I'm the opposite. <laughs> <That's it>. uh, <laughs> of course, it's you, the, the only other person in the room. Well, I am actually, yes. Uh, no, well, I, I, I consider myself the opposite. I am a musician who has played lots of comedy songs and I've also written lots of comedy songs. I used to have a show called The Ruby Darlings that I did with Lily Phillips um, that toured around as well. Um, and yeah, wrote lots and lots of comedy songs. But I don't feel like there's ever been a place where those songs can just be played and they can be appreciated. Yeah. Well, there is now. It's This This is our podcast. This is the podcast for that. Yeah. Now, the way the podcast came around, in case you're interested, is that David Timms and I live close to each other. And during the lockdown, I was going for long walks and David was going running and we kind of bumped into each other at a bus stop going nowhere. And um, we decided yeah. to go for a walk. Absolutely. I have to say, um, since uh, that point, I haven't been running. <laughs> and I haven't been walking. Well, there we go. So, uh, yeah. So it was, it was in a- fact. In fact, as you as, as we met at the bus stop, you were sitting down and I was walking. So neither of the things that we said that we were doing. But yes, we went on a wonderful, wonderful walk. It was a muddy walk. It was a very okay. It was a muddy walk. <laughs> and during this muddy walk, um, I, I might have taken a tumble. Yeah, you fell over. And I that's, did fall That's over. when I knew you were made for this podcast. Is it a fall? Can you call it? What, at what age does it become a fall? Oh, yeah, you you fell. You it, no, you just fell over. You fell over, and I laughed. <laughs> and, that, and then in in that that really we didn't really know each other at that well at that point. I think at that point I thought you the way you bounced up and took it in good humor. I thought I I really like this guy. And by the, <laughs> the time way we that fit, I fall over I just, makes you think yes, I could do a podcast <laughs> with this person. Yeah. Well, it can't get worse. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so we got together. By the time we got back, we decided to produce a, co- a comedy podcast about songs in the key of laugh and so coming up 
In this podcast, over the series, we've interviewed some of the great purveyors of comedy songs, some of our favorites. Uh, Tim Minchin, Jess Robinson, uh, The Mighty Boosh are going to be on, um, Boothby Graffo, Bare Naked Ladies. We're going to have all these amazing guests talking about how they go about writing comedy songs. Because if, if you think about it, comedy songs are actually ubiquitous. They're almost everywhere, right, David? They are. And I don't think there's anybody that I know that, that definitely that I work with that doesn't have a comedy song that they go to. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they they. they Lighten your day, yeah, hundred percent. Well, always look on the bright side of life. Probably one of the greatest comedy songs ever written. Absolutely, and who doesn't whistle as soon as they hear, hear that first line? Now we have special guests. Where there's going to be games. There's going to be some daft stick from David and I that we hope you're going to enjoy. The first guest on this first episode is an absolutely phenomenal entertainer. Um, his name is Nick Helm. Nick Helm, absolutely, and he goes into some serious depth about how he writes his comedy songs. He talks about how he's written songs for television. He talks. He talks about loads. It's it's a fantastic interview. Yeah. I can't wait. Here's a little tease of it. Talk to adults and talk to adults. It was, it was yeah. really good. Um, yeah, that boy's that boy's grown up though. He's in something else. No, he's he's twelve. He's forever frozen, frozen in time as a twelve-year-old. He's thirty-nine now. It's weird. It's so sad. It's so sad watching him age because I don't age. Just the boy. <laughs> So we're going to come back to Nick Helm later in the show. In fact, Nick Helm's interview, which is, I, I mean, I, I was surprised at how in-depth he goes. I have always thought, because he's got kind of a gruff exterior, you imagine that that's what he's going to be like, but he's actually a real gentle man with an artist spirit. So stick around for Nick Helm's interview uh, near the end of the show. David, you... You've written a lot of songs, not just comedy songs. Yeah, I've written I've written songs for lots of different people, lots of different purposes. Um, but uh, one of the main things that I used to write for was uh, was the Ruby Darlings, right. which was a comedy, uh, it was a cabaret show uh, that I did with uh, Lily Phillips and and with uh, with with Rachel as well before that. And um, but with Lily, it was a feminist, filthy feminist cabaret show, is how yeah. we used to. Um, uh, describe it and we traveled we did did edinburgh for a few years we did it in uh, america at the orlando fringe we took it up to new york as well what sort of stuff what sort of stuff were you, like can can you can you give me an example of like one of the you know silly ruby darling songs that you used to play yeah absolutely yeah. um one of the one of the sillier ones this is this is about relationships it's a really important song uh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've been together all this time I know your faults and honey you know mine sharing a home my future in your hands all our memories all our plans you're the calm in my storm my hand to You're my morning, my night, sunset, my dawn I can't wait till we're old But baby, I will never poo in front of you (laughs) I will never put you through a follow through and so on and so forth and, you get the and, idea and ploopy poo and ploops you, you and know all what? that thing yeah there's <laughs> lots of those sounds yeah <laughs> you see the thing is that before the 
before the punchline, that's actually quite a beautiful song. I know, right? And uh, yeah, I think as I've looked on it later on, I've gone, ah, I wrote this really nice little pretty thing a while ago. And then what, what did I do with it? I turned it into a song about poo. Phil, uh, I've just played. Would you uh, give me something from your um, comedy catalogue? Well, you know, Courtney Juice Pigs, we were quite well known. We were on Mad TV for two seasons with Courtney Juice Pigs. And um, I guess the most famous song that we did is one that I play to this day. And it's, uh, it's a song we actually wrote this in Australia and it was like 45 degree weather. And we were watching an Australian uh, SBS broadcasting um, show about the Arctic and about the Inuit, except the Australians didn't realize that we don't call them Eskimos because that's a, kind of a, well, it's a, it's a negative, seems a very negative word. Uh, but we wrote this song. And it says, we, I'm the only gay Eskimo. I'm the only one I know. I'm the only gay Eskimo in my tribe. So that song actually was was about we as we were sitting watching this program uh greg and i thought wouldn't it be funny to be the only gay person in the tribe because eskimos go out on seal hunt together in duos and we just thought be the moment the loneliest place you could be in the world and so we wrote the song never intending it to offend anyone but only to uh to make ourselves giggle and we played it all afternoon You're listening to Songs in the Key of Life with Phil Nickel and David Timms. Now, we mess around a lot. We do. One of my favourite things is to play little games with you, Phil. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and we've got a game that we're going to try and play together now, Keep aren't we? Keep on playing those mind games. It's not a mind game. Forever. Okay. No, it's called the Quickfire Parody Game. It is. Um, now, I, we also believe in a very good jingle. So um, we're going we're gonna to rock in with the jingle and we're going to explain how to play this game. Okay. Shouldn't you just play the jingle instead of saying you're going to play the jingle? No, I'm going to play the jingle now. Well, it's uh, the quickfire parody game here on Songs of the Key of Laugh. Now, parody song parodies are probably one of the simplest and easiest forms of eliciting humorous response because from music because you recognize the song, right? Absolutely, yeah. You just change one word. Change one word or, yeah. Or change the style. Do it in a different style. Absolutely. You used to do this, didn't you, with the Juice Pigs? I used to do it in the Juice Pig, with the Juice Pigs. We just, well, we actually wrote most of our own songs, but we did realize quite early on, we were watching Harlan Williams, the famous Canadian comedian. Uh, if you don't know who he is, if you don't recognize the name, he was the cop in Dumb and Dumber, and he's, he's a very successful film actor now. Um, he was on in Edinburgh one year, and he was on after Earl Oaken, who's also hopefully going to be on this podcast and Earl the squirrel he used to call him uh, had a piano on stage and Harlan went on to make fun of musical comedy by playing one note because he didn't play the piano he goes you know all you got to do to write a musical comedy song is to just change one word of the song they play one note and you go he's got the whole world in his hair he's got the whole wide world (laughs) in his hair they go even better you only have to change one letter he'd play one note and go Michael rode the go to shore. <laughs> Hallelujah. So anyway, this is the quick fire parody game. I'm going to pit myself against David. I'm going to give David the name of an artist and the title of a song. And David is going to have to come up with a parody for it. And it's going to be the first thing off the top of your head. Okay. Then David is going to give me the name of an artist. 
and the name of one of their songs, and I'm going to come up with a parody for it. Okay. So it's quick fire parody round. Quick fire, quick fire, quick fire parody game. The artist is okay. Elton John. Elton John. And the song is Crocodile Rock. So you've got... Crocodile Rock. Crocodile Rock. Crocodile Rock. Crocodile Rock. I mean, there's a very simple one that we could go for. Cro- crocodile, Crocodile Croc. Um, yeah, but, see, it becomes, but, it becomes quite... It becomes quite scatological quite quickly. So, but, uh... I remember when... Okay, um, what if, uh, I don't know, what if it was about running? Instead? Running. What, ma- ma- cro- cro- crocodile jogging? I don't crocodile jogging. Yeah, have you ever run away from a crocodile? <laughs> crocodile jogging. Crocodile jogging. Okay. It's something shocking. Uh, so, uh... I remember when crocs were fun, they would always go and tickle my tum. See what I did there? I, I did very funny. They, they did actually, yeah. And while other kids were sucking on their thumbs, whoa! All I'd do was run and I'd run. Oh, crocodile jogging—it's something shocking. Okay, and uh, your feet just can't keep still. They can't keep still because you're crocodile jogging. Because I'm crocodile jogging. Quick fire, quick fire, quick fire parody game. So, Phil. Yeah. Uh, I would like you to do Purple Rain by Prince. Oh, my. <laughs> purple Rain. Purple Rain by Prince. Purple, 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 purple rain. So, okay, originally you want to go Purple Vein, which is... Obviously. Which is <laughs> scatological. So yeah. this is the first chance. But you could actually change... If I change the... To make it a country song, so I go. <laughs> you're insane, you're insane. You're insane, you're insane. You're insane, you're insane. That's why you're in this sanatorium, cause you're damn insane. I quite like that. You're insane, you're insane You're insane, you're insane Get that gun off him, Hector <laughs> You're insane, you're insane Put him in the back of the truck, Bobby I only want to see you in the asylum Cause you're damn insane there you go. I, I mean, I feel like uh, week one goes to you, Phil. Yeah. Congratulations. On the quickfire parody game. Well done. Do you write comedy songs? Ever dream of being the next Tim Minchin? Or being Tim Minchin? That's weird. Yeah. Why not enter our Songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song competition and maybe appear on our podcast? With Tim Minchin. That's better. The Songs in the Key of Laugh comedy song competition. Enter today. Visit songsinthekeyoflaugh.com for details. The Songs in the Key of Laugh song competition sounds pretty good, right? I actually can't wait. I can't wait to hear what you guys are going to send in to us. Yeah, send it into our website, and then each week we're going to choose two. We're going to play them, or a bit of them, on the show. And at the end of the ten weeks, the first season, we're going to pick the number one comedy song contest winner, and there'll be a prize. Ooh, what's Uh, the prize, Phil? I don't know. It might even be money. It depends how many I really like money. (laughs) I really like money. If you really like money and you write comedy songs, enter the Songs in the Key of Laugh comedy competition. Now... Let's move on. We've got to our favorite part of the show, which is our interview section. Absolutely. Our guest this week is just a powerhouse. And it was so interesting and so lovely to talk to the guy. 
Um, let's, let's play the interview. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, here's Nick Helm. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The guest on today's show is someone you might know. And if you don't, that's your own fault. But you'll know them soon. Nick Helm. Nick Helm. It's Nick Helm, everybody. Uh, this is not just Nick Helm. It's Nicholas Tristan Philip Helm, I've read. Uh, That's right. Yeah, you've got. And my name is Phil, and my last name's Nickel, and your name's Nicholas, and your middle name's Philip. It's something weird going on. Oh, you? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, David, have you met Nick before? Uh, I, I, I think <laughs> passing once on a bus. Okay. Uh, but oh, that is all. So, um, some, yes, it's, it's lovely to meet this you. This is the famous bus anecdote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we tell it to yeah. everyone. We just exchange well, names. Everybody, every yeah. single person. For people yeah. that don't know you, if that's possible, you're a multi-award winning uh, <laughs> star of stage and screen. <laughs> you, uh, I, you, you actually, you star in a, in a sitcom called Uncle. Is that, is that still running? Is there still series? being made of that no and you were in it but i was only in one episode they didn't bring my character back next so. well they didn't bring it hey a lot of characters didn't get brought back phil <laughs> yeah, don't, okay. don't you worry about that okay well i was a bit upset because i thought i did such a great job you did a very good job and it's it's oh. always it's, it was always nice when we were filming because um i did uh, most of my scenes with a 12 year old boy. Um, <laughs> so it's always nice when I knew who the guest stars were and they came in because, you know, it meant I could sort of, um, uh, see people my own age and talk to of, adults uh, and talk to adults. It was, it was yeah. really good. Um, yeah, that boy's that boy's grown up though. He's in something else. No, he he's he's twelve. He's frozen. <laughs> he's forever frozen, frozen in time as a twelve. He's thirty nine now. It's weird. It's yeah. so sad. It's so sad watching him age because I don't age. Just the boy. <laughs> it's a child um, stars. It's what happens to child stars. That's what it is. Talk, talking of uncle. Um, I I watched the. I watched it from the beginning to the end and really, really enjoyed it. But I didn't realise that a lot of the songs that were in it were actually written by you as well. So um, They were me. I, I wrote these songs. All of, yeah, that, I, that was amazing. I loved them. That, I thought that was the, I always thought that was the best bit of the show was when, when the songs were in. And then I found out that you had written them as well. Yeah, they were the best bit of the show. They were the best bit. The worst bit of the show. <laughs> the, worst, the worst bit of the show was doing the music videos. And um, because we always only had like two hours to do like an entire music video. Mm. And so, and it'd always be the last thing you'd think of. You'd be halfway through a scene and they'd say, oh, Nick, uh, can you just uh, put on this rhinestone white outfit and uh, come over here? And then I'd have to sort of mime 
to a song that I'd wrote three weeks ago and I haven't listened to since. And then I'd, you know, do you know what I mean? It was just like, it was always ridiculous. But um, yeah, the show was about an out-of-work actor. And then um, uh, and then when I went in, uh, Henry Normal, who produced it, said it should be about a musician because then I could write songs for it. And oh, so they great. changed they changed the pilot for me and then after that they wrote the series for me. So yeah. That yeah. is amazing. I mean they literally they, they saw you and went, We'll now just change the whole entire premise of the show. I don't think I don't think well, I don't know how long it had been around before me, but they didn't have anyone to star in it and then and then it was like a perfect storm where Henry had this script, he came to see me, I had worked with baby cow on something else and then they were like oh let's just make it so i didn't audition for it or anything they were just like oh let, we'll just let nick do it and then we'll, we'll make him a musician so phil you were a re- wow. you were a record you were a record producer on it weren't you? I, I was an angry record producer yeah and i yell at uh i res- yell at um at rizzle so by the time rizzle uh jordan uh yeah, jordan from rizzle kicks um so by the time we got to the second series, it was all very much like, oh, right. Or maybe the first series was all about me being a musician. But then they sort of built on it with the second and third series. And we're like, that's the thing. But that wouldn't have happened, really. And it was written by written by Oliver, Oliver Refson and what? Um, Lila Vanderberg. Um, Lila. I remember yeah, Lila. Ollie and Lila. Um, they, uh, well, Ollie, I think, wrote the first, like, three episodes. And then Lila came on and sort of, like... Um, helped them for speed, I think, and um, and then they became like a real team um, for like the second and the third series. But yeah, Ollie wrote it and directed it. And basically, the only question when we had a meeting about Uncle was whether we got on with each other. And it's like, yeah. And he goes, great, great. <laughs> well, uh, so um, if we make him a musician, then he can do a song every week. And uh, if you like him and he likes you, then we'll film in September. And then it was like, oh. And I thought, oh, the TV's easy, isn't it? That's <laughs> <laughs> you just, you just, and then you realise, oh, I was absolutely spoilt with my first project and everything else has been a real clusterfuck but yeah <laughs> <laughs> well how's it i won't i won't mention that to uh to rummish <laughs> uh, but so let, but let, let's talk a little bit about music because that's really what the thrust of this podcast is and you've obviously been first of all did are you a self-taught musician are you just a guy that picked up the guitar and taught yourself or did you have a, uh, someone that was helping you or how, how did i you- mean I, I i don't even consider myself um it's always weird hearing somebody describe you as a musician yeah because i don't feel like i feel like um you're a musician phil me Uh, no i no i feel the exact same way as you when people go to you say to me you're a musician because i've written songs and i go "I'm, i'm not a musician i've got friends i know people in bands who are musicians and they're brilliant and can pick out notes out of you know follow along and david is a musician you know david can you could sing try you know, I, oh, that's I just, interesting. I don't consider David a musician. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. Um, so, so, you, but you've had you, but you've written for a non-musician. Then we'll we'll go with that. You you've written you've got three albums, four four albums if you include the Uncle songs. Is that right? Um, 
I've got two. I've got two live albums. I've got two studio albums. I've got an uncle album, and I've got an EP. Right. Okay. So yeah, and so I do write. I do write music. Um, I, I can play guitar to the standard where I uh, know enough chords to write a song. So if I get a tune in my head, I can I can work it, and uh, and then I can sort of like go right. Yeah, but I think it's in the wrong key, and so maybe we need to like transpose it up or down. Um, there's like a like I I think. I always love working with other people and I find when I do stand-up comedy, it's quite a lonely kind of job. I love being able to be on stage and I love, you know, getting all the attention and adoration and all of that stuff. Uh, but what I, what I really prefer is kind of like being on stage with other people and kind of mm. like having people to bounce off with. And I always wanted to be in a band and so I sort of taught myself how to how to write songs and play songs, and I still write music, um, and I still pick up a guitar and I write music that way. Um, yeah, I love working with musicians um, because they just elevate everything that's in your head to a higher standard. I, I think you're I think you're doing yourself a slight discredit though by your 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 voice is fantastic. And it's got so much character to it as well. It, it, it's, it's really it's real, real good instrument. Um, when, you're writing a, when you're writing a song, do you have a, a, like, a, a process that you go through? Is it, is it that you get a tune first or is it that you, you've picked out a load of lyrics, you've seen something, you think it's funny and you're going to write about that? Is there a process? Uh, yeah, well, I suppose it's, I, I think it's different every single time, right? Um, so it can be kind of, well... <sighs> Well, Uncle was different from um, real life. So Uncle's great because um, they would go, right, we need six songs or five songs for this series. And then they'd say, um, uh, the title is this. And then I'd have the script for the episode. And I'd know my character. Um, and uh, and so I'd have a title. Excuse me. I've just had Pepsi Max Cherry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, so um, so they give you a title and they might give you a genre or an artist and it might be like so with No Survivors they were like we want it to be like this big power ballad and I think I had um, uh, it was something like Total Eclipse of the Heart or something like that was the reference and I was like yeah sure but then I was sort of like into Aerosmith and um, mm. and so so then you have input that way and um, and and with Uncle, because you had sort of like this, um, these parameters you had to sit into, that was really easy. I went on holiday for 10 days or whatever, and then I wrote a song a day. You know, today I am going to do uh, Famous, which was one of the songs from the first series. And I'd wake up and it would be like, uh, I'm fucking famous, bitch. I am also super rich. And then it was just like... And then it just, that all came to me in one go. And I sat down, wrote it in the morning and then I had the rest of the day off. And then, and I'd have my iPad with me and I'd record a demo in. And then when I got back off holiday, I'd written like the entire show. Um, they are character pieces and they sometimes progress the story. But I always made sure that for my contribution to the series was that if you took the song out, uh, the episode would make less sense. 
Mm, and right. so with Fight for the Future, you could take that out and you wouldn't miss it. But with all of the others, there's always sort of like a character detail or um, or a plot detail or um, or it would sort of illustrate how my character was feeling. There'd be some sort of point of view which added to the tapestry of the show. Mm. Um, and mm. so I always thought that. But when it's up to writing your own songs for like Edinburgh or something, I've always found like calling my show Dare to Dream and then writing a bunch of songs about dreams that's always very helpful because when you are given the option hey do you want to sit down and write a song it could be about anything and then you're like oh well what you do i end up writing lots of love songs because you kind of know that's a constant but with uncle it would sort of like you'd get ideas sort of like fed for you and then you could bounce off ideas and so you kind of like have to limit yourself to how many love songs you're going to write and then you go what else am i going to write about um I have like uh, mental buckets where you kind of like have an idea for something mm. and you can go, that goes in the one liner bucket and that goes in the poem bucket mm. and that goes in the song bucket and that's a routine. And mm. sometimes you'll be banging your head against a wall trying to work out why your, why your stand up routine isn't working. And then one day you'll go, oh, it's a song. And then you'll just then you write it into a song or some days you'll go why is this 10 minute monologue that i'm doing not working and you go oh it's a one-liner and so you'll rewrite it as a one-liner and wow. so it's good using comedy using songs as part of the comedy um it's kind of like uh it gives you like an extra color on your palette you know it means that you can you, there's another way of sort of uh, addressing a joke or a mood or a tone especially if you're doing an hour fill because yeah. you, know, you know when you you know like if you're if you're adding in music you kind of like want to sort of like shape it's not just like oh these are the five songs i wrote this year it's like mm. um it's like what purpose does this song have in the mood and the feel of the show where do you place it it's all very sort of scientific you know well you know i i think it's i think that's uh that is an incredible answer for, and inspirational to anyone that's starting to get into writing comedy songs because there's a lot of insight in that and there's a lot of angles in it. I, I think it's funny when you say that because similar to you, I'm a little bit deprecate myself about my musical ability. And then I, I live with people like Mike Wilmot who calls my guitar, my cheat stick. You got your cheat stick with you, nickel. Cause I think purist comedians feel that by playing the guitar or playing an instrument or singing a song, you're somehow getting out of writing a funny monologue. But actually what you've just said there is absolutely true. You've just realized it doesn't work as that doesn't work as a monologue. And I'd rather hear it as a song or I'd rather hear it as a one liner. I think it's brilliant. I don't think it's, I don't think they're that different as well. When, when you first learn to write a routine, like I, so I would always take a notebook around with me and what I would do with my notebook was, you know, uh, um, every year when I had to do Edinburgh, because Edinburgh was, is, but was always a great motivator. And I'm not talking about music necessarily right now, mm -hmm. but in terms of like, I'd go through all my notebooks and I'd write up all my material. So then I'd just have all my material on my computer. And then when I first started doing comedy, it was just sort of like, right, we need routines. And so what you do is you go through and you go, oh, I've got 11 jokes about dogs and so i'm going to put them all in a clump together and now i've got a routine about dogs and it's just about what order i put them in and how i bridge it and how i but these are these are 11 jokes they're all about one subject and they're all here and that's exactly how you'd address uh, some comedy songs would be mm. you take mm. a subject and you 
analyze it from all the different angles mm. exactly as you would a routine but you're doing it through you know music and rhymes i feel personally that if it's just a funny song i don't tend to uh, uh, um if, it, if it's a song that just happens to be funny then it's kind of like you go fine okay but if it's got a tune and it passes off as an actual song mm. where it's got like a bridge and it's got a verse and a chorus and it's kind of like, and, and you go, that's really great. It's got a great tune. It's got an amazing hook. It's got a great chorus. You know, if it's got all of those things and it's a brilliant song that happens to be funny, that's when I'm, that's when I go like, right. Okay. That's my aim. I want to, I want to write songs that happen to be funny as opposed to if you took the jokes out, what's the fucking point in that? You know? Mm. Well, the Juice Pigs, when, when I was writing with the the Corkies, one of the things we always tried to do was we got premise for a song, but then and we write the the rhyming couplets, which are the jokes, but it had to have a movement to it. So it actually, had to, they still had to have a story in it. So that would be you know rise and fall and gain and loss and and like you would in any song. So you could sell it as, just as a song. So if someone didn't understand the the humor of it they'd still appreciate the, the sentiment of the song you know and so you you went you how, did it, how did it work with you because there were three of you on stage right and yeah there was so, yeah so so did you share the laughs or how you know how did you assign uh who did what well we it would it would sort of i mean using the word organic but it was happen in the early days we were it was the three of us were living together in a house and we'd get wasted and sit and play the guitars and we didn't have a TV. So we just amused ourselves and write down, we'd come up, we, one of us would come down the stairs in the morning going, I've got this idea of the Burgermeister. Welcome to the Burgermeister's village. And then Sean would go, I can do it. He becomes the Burgermeister. And then Greg would go, I'll be the guy that lives, you know, I'll, I'll be the guy that lives next door. And I'm going, I'll be Rudy who's hiding in the basement. And we suddenly have this, a sketch and a song and a thing. It would just, sort of flow like that and we 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 shared the laughs it wasn't there wasn't really a straight man i was probably the straight the the straight man in the show in that i didn't i'd welcome the audience in and they were mental but i was just as mental as them actually so um but the but the songwriting was done together we'd bring ideas to the group and then flesh them out for the most part as as the group went on we became more disparate and we were we'd had we were married and had separate houses and stuff like so, like the Beatles like the Beatles yeah I know <laughs> it's exactly like that <laughs> so that you know that was that you know that's how the natural end of any band happens is because they move on from each other so they there's get a lot married of, they get married yeah <laughs> so uh, now everything ends. And so I just got engaged. <laughs> so, so long, so long, David. Yeah, exactly. this is the, this is the, our last episode of our podcast. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you were growing up, when you were growing up, Nick, what what did you listen to comedy music songs, or were you were you into you're into rock music? Obviously, I, uh, you already stated Aerosmith and all that stuff. Was there anything that you liked that you could cite as a something that inspired you to be a musical comedian, or did that that come after you decided to be a comedian? Um, so, it's, but what's interesting? What I find interesting is when I was at school, I did art, drama, um, English. I didn't do music. I did, maybe I did music, but I didn't do it for GCSE. So we did it when we all had to do the... But I didn't choose to do it, and I and I gravitated over towards art and drama. Um, I was in a band, 
I mean, it was my it was my band. I did it with uh, my friend Chris Fuchs, and one of the teachers played uh, Mr. Kale. Uh, played keyboards, and then Rob Taylor was <laughs> Rob Mr. Taylor was Kale? The, yeah, Mr. Kale was the keyboardist, the IT teacher. Wow. Um, still in contact, still in contact, and then Rob Taylor was on drums, and then my friend Phil Stott was bass player, and um, mm. uh, but and I wrote I wrote a lot of songs when I was in the sixth form. I probably wrote like around 150 songs in a very short amount of time, like really prolific. I'd walk home. Uh, which took me about like 45 minutes and I tend to have written a song by the time I walked home. You know, there's something like about like, having keys in your pocket and they sort of keep time for you. And then... Yeah, uh, I'd do that. You get like an idea for a song. Well, this is before phones. This is like, so yeah. you get an idea for a song and you'd have to sing it over and over again so you didn't forget it. And then you'd get home and people would be like, hello, how is your... And you'd be like, get the fuck out of my way. Whoa, <laughs> uh, uh, got to write this down. And, and and you'd have to sort of like get to a piece of paper and, um, and like an instrument, you know, before the song disappeared out of your head. Um, so, and then um, I wrote like a a whole load of songs that were very sort of like uh teenage and uh and uh, emotional do you remember uh, any of them yeah i've got i've got like i've got like yeah i've got everything saved i've got the album ethel's little ditties which was me some of the songs i wrote while we were recording them but there's about four songs on that that could that date back over 20 years and it was really weird to hear myself singing them because I've changed a lot as a person. Oh whichever, my god! You know, I've got like recordings of my voice in like two thousand and four, two thousand and five, and I'm sound like a fucking angel. It's like I'm so. <laughs> it's no, but it's beautiful. I could, I can't sing like that anymore. It's like uh, they always say about like Frank Sinatra's voice, sort of like it, 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 it aged. You know, but it's sort of like he had a different sound quality, uh, uh, like every aspect of his life. And it's kind of like you go, yeah, I used to be able to sing. <laughs> and now <laughs> and now I've got whatever I've got, like the cheese grater that I sing out of. But like, um, uh, but yeah, there's these beautiful and things. And so the idea was literally I had um, 15 minutes of and, and to go back to um Mike Wilmot's the uh, cheat stick. Cheat thing. stick, yeah. It's kind of like I can do an hour without any songs. I can, yeah. you know, I can happily stand up on stage and 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 do an hour without without singing. And um and and I like doing that. It's a nice it's a nice break. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but what 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 when you're an entertainer like an all-round entertainer like you and I <laughs> a dancer then you, singer then you just give them everything that you've got do you know what I mean and it's oh, kind of like desperate to be liked is what it is I'm just desperate to be liked so I want the if, I, if the, I learned early on playing the guitar at a party and David you must have had this being able to play an instrument at a party it, or it makes people go oh he's alright actually because he's got that thing or the in, in fact if they're good songs or the or you're singing songs they like like Neil Young or whatever people go get Phil get the guitar Phil play you know whatever Beatles songs and you sit there for an hour 
So, or, or, or you make the massive error and uh, and you play the full Disney collection the first time that you meet somebody, um, and then for the rest of the time that you meet them for however many years, they say, "Oh, it's the Disney guy! It's the Disney guy!" It's like I'm not the Disney guy. I'm I'm, I'm a really really good piano player, man. <laughs> Give me something else. But you can only do that once as well, can't you? Play the entire catalog. Well, exactly. And you then, can. <laughs> so you maybe want to sort of drip feed it to people. Yeah, you know, one week, Little Mermaid. Next week, Sleeping Beauty. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, I was on a roll, Nick. I just had to keep going. Don't give them everything I want. But like, so when I was at school, I would I did stuff like uh, Slice of Saturday Night and Little Shop of Horrors, like um, musical shows and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I, so I loved, I loved stuff like that growing up. And um, so you wrote one called "I Think You Stink." I think you stink. Is that right? Yeah, I think you stink. Yeah, a musical, I think you stink. Yeah. Is that was that the first music you had written, or is that the first one you presented on a professional? Uh, so to do like the, the the, I'd written so at school I'd written a lot of songs, and I was interested in sort of like singing and music and being in a band and all of that stuff. Went to university when I went to university. So in two thousand one, so twenty years ago this summer, um, uh, I wrote my first Edinburgh show. And then in 2002, I did another follow-up Edinburgh show, and I was working in a pub. And when I worked in a pub, um, I'd written this comedy song called uh, "Touching Myself Ain't Half as Good as You," right? <laughs> and um, and it's sort of like it was sort of like a country and western song. Yeah. And um, and I was working in this pub, and I was quite quiet and unassuming, and I'd sort of just get on with my job and people would every so often when the conversation would lull they'd say oh, now things going with you nick and i'd be like it's fine and then if there was a lock-in or something like that then they'd be like oh nick's got a song and so and i'd go oh no no it's all right and so then they'd so i'd play my one comedy song and they loved it and it was just like this is weird and then it would be like this thing where there was like this tension in the room every time there was a lock-in because there was this guy that had the guitar that wanted and he was like uh, he was singing like bare naked lady songs and it was like cool 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 and um and then they'd be like nick why don't you play your song and i'd be like no no it's really it's fine because he hates me he hates me and they'd be like play your song and i'd play so i play my song so after it's in 2002 when i had to do my second edinburgh i, I wrote my second edinburgh show um, I I made it was sort of like because it's an hour you get an hour in Edinburgh so um, it was six ten minute plays and the sixth one was a musical that was called uh, Bloklahoma um, <laughs> and it was just it was these it was like it was like three guys in a pub um, and then they sang "Touch Myself in Half as Good as You," and then I did like tap dancing on bubble wrap, which was sort of was just my thing, and um, uh, and it was like this big like showstopper, and I wrote this show which took me like nine years to write. And I put all these songs in. The songs acted as sort of like a Greek chorus type thing. And um, and you come out and we did them. And the songs are so, it's like a like an open wound, you know. Um, it's all full, filled with teenage angst. And, and I'd go on and I sang these songs and everyone, uh, you know, laughed. And uh, <laughs> and you kind of go, yeah, 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 they're funny songs. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Uh, and then, and then I was just like, and then, 
uh, like a year later, I was doing stand up and uh, I had to do, or maybe like a couple of years later, I had to do like a headline slot and I had 15 minutes and I had to do 20. And I was like, well, I'll do a song. And then, um, and then uh, I did a song and it was just like, oh, well, there you go. Um, and then uh, people like the song more than the material. And then you go, right, I'm a musical comedian then. So with the, with the show, I think you think I did that in 2008. And um, I wrote that while I was um, doing data entry at a, uh, a business park in Watf- in wow. Hatfield. Uh, wow. And so, uh, so every day, I was, I was working 40, I did nine to, f- nine to five thirty every day. And at the end of the week, I'd get paid 205 quid. Oh my God. And, um, it was just like a pathetic, it's like, it's not enough to build dreams with. So you just drink it, you just drink it on Friday and Saturday and then you start from scratch again. Because what are you going to do? You, you don't have any time in the week to do anything other than the work. And at the end of it all, you're getting 200, 200 quid. And, um, so I just remember what I'd do is I'd make the this, this screen size of uh, Microsoft Word, the exact shape and size of my head, so that in an open plan office you couldn't see it behind. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote this musical and I took it up to Edinburgh and it was called I Think You Stink and it was, uh, it was all like based on like horror movies and stuff like that. Um, and you, 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 yeah, and you, you, it, you recently did that. Uh, did, was it was it the forum or somewhere? Did you do a, a, a revamp or a remount of that show? I, I missed it. But. We, I did it for a month in um, uh, Edinburgh. We were at like um, in two thousand and so originally it was two thousand and eight, mm. and no one came to see it. Mm-hmm. But like, basically, what you do is you you write a thing that you really care about, and. Um, uh, I think a lot of the songs in I think you think are, I think that I think I think you think is the best thing I've written. Have you um, recorded it? Is it recorded? We're, we're halfway through recording it before the pandemic, oh. and now it's about like you know it's, it's the thirteenth anniversary this year, so I want to do something with it. Yeah, um, brilliant. But we did it in two thousand eight. No one came to see it, and then um, uh, and no one really knew it was a comedy. It was on at the Bedlam Theatre, and because it was in a theatre, people went to see theatre and so if, if people are right um if people know something is theatre before they go in they kind of like prepare themselves and if people know that it's comedy going in they prepare them. but if you're watching something mm. that's meant to be funny that's in a theatre and i wasn't known as a comedian then it was just kind of like this thing where people didn't know that they were meant to laugh and then a couple of years later i got some um like i had like a breakthrough year in edinburgh and the first thing I did was in Halloween 2010, I did I Think You Stink in a pub. Um, so Katie Wilkins uh, had a gig and I think Nathaniel Metcalf opened it and he did some Halloween-based material dressed as Marty McFly. There was an interval. <laughs> and, then, and then we did I Think You Stink in a pub without any production value whatsoever. We had costume changes on stage and it was all really... And it was in front of a comedy audience and they really loved it. And it was like, oh, there's legs in this. So I just stuck with it. And, you know, the aim is to do something bigger with it one day and add to it. Um, Because it's it's modular. It's, you know, songs are modular. You can take them apart and put them together again. Most, but it, I'm I, I'm sorry that I haven't seen it, but I do. I've heard of it. I knew. I know what it was. Thirteen you know, years, Phil. Thirteen years. <laughs> yeah, but but yeah. a thing like but they take mu- musicals take a long time to gestate. 
you know i mean i've from being in them and and speaking to people in the in the business it, you know it takes 10 to 15 years to develop a, a decent musical anyway uh, because they take that long to get to get them to sit just right so maybe when you finish it i'll come and see it <laughs> yeah, when I get round to when I finally get, I'm tinkering with it. I've been tinkering with it for 13 years, but yeah. it's one of it's a weird show because it's not like oh, and it's got a plot. It's like they are a series of vignettes. It's like a drive-in movie thing where it's like you're oh. watching every you know you got a film about you got um, you got a song or a poem about. Uh, murderous uh, twin sisters and you've got like uh, another one about a werewolf and another one about uh, a guy the Tesco chain store manager who has a breakdown at work and he ends up killing everyone and the Tesco's and it's kind of like all right so and then at the end it finishes with like a 15 minute rock opera uh, which is like your main feature and it's kind of like um, yeah it's meant to be kind of like the trailers and then a movie but everyone that's seen it has kind of gone, uh, it hasn't got a plot. And you go, yeah, no. <laughs> it's sort of like, yeah. you sort of like have to let it wash over you. I've never seen it. I've only been in it. And well, all maybe... I know is, uh, all I all I really know is the look in people's eyes when their lives change forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that feels like a, a button. And to commemorate the 13th anniversary of my musical, I Think You yeah. Stink, um, yeah. uh, I'll... Um, uh, I'll play you um, uh, a track off of my forthcoming soundtrack album. Oh, great. And what, uh, I mean, what, what, what what's the track called? It's called Beast Boy. Beast Boy. Beast Boy by Nick Helm. Too angry 
to speak. I'm a beast boy. Oh, I'm a beast boy. Oh, I'm a beast boy. At night, I long for the sun to brighten the dark when nighttime has come. I smash through the streets. I prowl through the night. It's death at my feet. I crash through the night. I cannot tell what's right for right Ah, out of the moon My time will come and end you to say I'm a beast, I'm a monster, a lover, a brave Do you just afraid to hang and speak? I'm a beast boy, I'm a beast boy, I'm a beast boy Naked alone Something's gone wrong What can be done Oh, there's blood in my beard I'm feeling so cold I'm feeling so weird The alcohol stinks on my breath I'm feeling so weak It scares me to death Oh, I'm scratching my head Can't put into words What's just been said I'm a beast, I'm a monster A zombie, a freak Too useless to breathe And too angry to speak I smash through the night And I pray on the weak I'm hungry, I'm desperate I'm in it too deep I'm a beast boy 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 Oh god that came out well it's a yeah. guys Beast Boy. <laughs> wow. Well, well, great. Thanks. Wow, thanks for fantastic. thank you so much for joining us, Nick Helm, here on Songs in the Key of Laugh with David Timms. My bump into Amy on the bus one day. And me, Phil Nickel. See you later. Thank you, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. All right. And so, is that an actual that, goodbye? Now? Yeah, that's an actual Bye. goodbye. Adios. Farewell. You'll be glad to hear that we think that your interview went well. But we have other things to get on with now, so you're gonna have to go. I'm sure I'll puzzles cross again but whoever really knows it's been fun it's been musical it's been comical at times but now we have to leave you so goodbye goodbye this is songs in the key of laugh with me phil nickel and me david timms if you want more information on Nick Helm, visit nick-helm.co.uk. For his postponed Phoenix from the Flames Tour 2021, the dates will be up soon. And check out his I Think You Stink album, which is coming out later this year. Visit nick-helm.co.uk. And don't forget about our songwriting competition. Visit songsinthekeyoflove.com for more details. And please don't forget to subscribe. 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 Songs in the Key of Laugh. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 